What's up, everybody? And welcome to Pillow Talk, Moment with the Mobleys. I am Johnny Mobley Jr. And I'm Deidre Mobley. And we are an ordinary couple. With extraordinary purpose. What's up, everybody? Hey, y'all. Greetings, salutations, accolades, blessings. What's up, Mobley? Fish grease and hair grease. I don't know. Hey, babe. What? I don't even cook with grease. I don't even put grease in my hair. So what am I talking about? I have no idea. You messed that whole thing up. I know. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Sinuses is doing something. It's doing something. But (sighs) be healed. Is your sinuses in your nose? In Jesus' name. Be healed. Yeah, they're up in there right now. Up in here right now? Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. How are you? I'm good, babe. Good. How are you? I'm well. How was your day? It was productive. Productive? Yeah, got some things done, handled uh-huh. some business, and brought it on to the crib so we can get this done. Amen. Well, it's good to see you. That like you ain't spent the night with me last Dressed night. Dressed in your, your black and white. We ain't matching today, babe. Nah. I ain't got no, well, I do have black and white. You ain't told me today was black and white, babe. Well, it's all right. I, what you mean, how, I, how I'm acting like I didn't sleep with you last night? Because you talked about how I'm doing. I felt like I ain't Well, sleeping. you left like, what, a little after six this morning? So Something you've been like going that. like all day, and so I missed you, and so I just wanted to say that. Okay, I miss you too, boo. It's time to go back to no hair, cause this bun. I should have put the bun on the well, side. Well, you the one be wanting to surprise people. To I come know, home. right, y'all? It's trust me, the short hair, no hair, Deidre is coming back very soon to a theater near you, cause it's a whole it's theater, a whole theater. I'm a whole <laughs> act, a whole movie. <laughs> I'm a yes, whole you movie are. By myself. By yourself. By myself. Motion. Picture. I'm a mo- <laughs> that sounds real, real sensuous. <laughs> Who do that motion motion picture? Cause sounds so motion. Sensuous. I am. Picture. I have a whole motion picture, and I got all the tickets to the movie, so you can't get none. Of them. <laughs> ain't nobody else can't get no tickets. Just letting you know. I can't. So don't ask for none. They ain't for sale. Oh my lord. So um. Babe, what are we embarking on? It's about to be Christmas. Today's what? Oh, God. The 8th? The 8th. Is today the 8th? The day is the 8th, and it's coming oh. fast. Oh, it's a few more days for Christmas. It's a few more. Well, I showed them the, the naked tree the other day. Yeah, um, so this weekend we got to We got to get it get it together. Well, we so got to get this. We, we are going to have some decorations, a decorated tree, a decorated other little bit of stuff. That we're gonna show y'all this weekend. And before we move on, guys, um, Mr. Mobley is gonna officially apologize to me for I told I know y'all think I could just let this go, but I can't let this go. She honestly can't because we about, about to talk about it again. It's about the internet thinking that uh, Mrs. Mobley cannot cook. I've never said that you couldn't. I cook. know, but you showed that nice, pretty picture of that burnt that cornbread with the burnt top. But it was a lot of other dishes there that looked beautiful. That, but that that right? No, I no, it wasn't. The only thing that you had was the salad that I was mixing, and it was the cornbread and the oh, okra. The okra, the gumbo did look good, but the cornbread was this color on top. So let me <laughs> let me let me go ahead and rectify this. So. What she did with the cornbread is we got new oven, so we got the double oven, and she's still trying to get used to, you know, the whole cook thing, cook fast on top, low on bottom, all that good stuff. So she put the cornbread in there, and the top was burnt, but the bottom, three-fourths of it, was good. So she scraped that that top off, 
and then she mixed that thing up and made some some dressing, homemade dressing. It was off the chain. And not the chain. It was off the chain. The chain. And you say everything that I make tastes, tastes like, like cake. cake. <laughs> Anything she make with bread, <laughs> cornbread, corn, um, dress stuffing, t- everything tastes like cake. Y'all know she a baker. So she the famous okay. she the famous CEO of Pop Goes the Cakes. She made <laughs> cake pops. So Everything she put her hand on that got anything to do with bread, it come out tasting like some kind of cake. Now, that good. might be just me. Right. I but think it was I think cake. it all tastes like some kind of cake. But that, that dressing was off the chain. It was. Thanks, honey. And and my, my sister-in-law, she she hooked me up with some um, oyster dressing, oyster dressing mm-hmm. which is always off the chain. Yeah. So we were good. We was good. We were good. We were good. We were good. Spent time with the girls and the family and, you know, did what we did. Yeah. But I'm excited because Christmas is coming up. And Christmas is just put the camera on me. Christmas is just the camera is on you, babe. Christmas is just for the grandkids. Well, three fourths of the way for the grandkids. But <sighs> my, my children, we love you. Well, they already know that they might get a gift. Their gift is. Kind of contingent upon how we feel. Ten fifteen dollars Starbucks gift card. But the kids, the the, the babies, grandkids finna get. They go right. be tight. And they go get gonna tight. Be tight. And mama go be tight. I'm trying to get her. <laughs> I might try to take her to Atlanta or something to shop before they shut everything down again. But and he go he gonna get something too, y'all. He don't know what. I'm I'm I just want the grandkids to be. This is the first Christmas in the house, so we gonna we gonna set some stuff up and get the Christmas going, and we gonna have them come over and we gonna um, stage some stuff so they, they can have fun. We gonna talk about what Christmas really a, really is about, like mm-hmm. we always do, and we'll move from there, and we are gonna celebrate. And we'll show them because we can't tell them everything. We gotta yeah. save some stuff. And we'll celebrate, but yeah. So, um, my children, all six of y'all, we love y'all. Well, they know we love them. But if you got a child. Like our parents did us. It's basically. all about them. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, we gotta get into some stuff. As my uh as my oldest grandson says, let's so let's get into it. Oh, that was such a proud moment. <laughs> so let's get into it. So um that's that's courtesy of Big Dream y'all. Books. Look, they're doing a, a challenge. Can I do uh, let me just Okay, do this. but you gotta hurry doing up a, we gotta get into They stuff. are doing Big Dream Books. My my son in love and my my daughter, they're doing a um a campaign where they're doing a challenge where you get on online Tell Twitter. Tell the name of the challenge. What's the name? Tristan's Tristan Affirmation, Affirmation Challenge. challenge. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you get on there, you say your name, you give your affirmations, and then you tag somebody else in it. Tag two people. Two people. In the post. So I've already knew, I've been calling him a genius since he's been a baby, but my daughter, I called my daughter when I saw it. So he he got on Instagram and he said, he said, hey, it's your friend Tristan. And then he said a bunch of other stuff and he said, let's get into it. It was such an entrepreneur type president, boss type move. He was saying the words I didn't know. So I told Brittany, I said, Brittany, y'all told him to do it. She said, daddy, that's nothing I told him to say. He just got up there and said something different. Amazing. I'm proud of you, Tristan. You on your way, son. And there you have. Hi, it's your friend Tristan. So let's let's get into it. He said, "So let's get into it." 
So that's what I'm going to tell you because I'm eager and I'm anxious to get into this. All right. And you still talking. All right. I'm so talking you, about my We grand. got 15, 20 strong minutes. I got, I'm talking episode. about my grandson. So let's go. I know, Mo. Okay. Let's go. So listen, guys. So I'm going to kind of direct this one tonight. Tonight. Um, because we're talking um, about uh, a project that's very near and dear to to me because it's um, I get the opportunity to talk to an amazing author tonight, guys. And so um, that author's name is none other than the baddest man in the land. Uh, this guy right here, this right here, right here, him. Um, we are going to go through and I'm going to be able to interview him and ask him some questions about his book because he did the same for me with the co-author book that I was privileged to be a part of. And so I we've talked about this book, but we've never, I think we've never shown like the actual book. Not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. Yeah, so, it's on the website. Right. It is on, on the website on um, Moments with the Mobleys website but this book is called this masterpiece is called the gps of a man's journey by none other than mr johnny charles mobley jr that's his my, government y'all that's that's your government baby that's you your government the whole charles out mr there. johnny charles mobley <sighs> fine and jr i only i can say it like that Man. Welcome to the seat, Mr. Johnny Charles <laughs> Mobley Jr. Well, thank you. How Ms. are Mobley. you tonight? I'm good, Ms. Mobley. Great, great, great. So I just want you to know that what we're going to do is I'm just going to um just we're not going to go through the whole book because we need to leave some stuff for them to be able to you know give just give them a reason to go and purchase the book. Right. So we're not going to give them all the meat. We're just going to give them some appetizers. How about that? Okay. So um. I am, I just want to say, and I've said before, and I actually say in the dedication that you so graciously allowed me to do in the book, um, that I am extremely proud of you um, because I know this book was a labor of love. And I know the road getting to starting, um, working on it, as well as completing it. Yeah. And so um, I salute you. Once again, for doing this, because I'm so excited about this. And I'm going to say off the rip, ladies, you need to get this book for your man. Christmas would be a great time to go ahead and purchase that for the man in your life. Um, as well as it's a great read for women just to give them an insight. Yeah. On the, just a peek into the brain of a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so can you briefly, I'm going I'm to direct you because... You is a long-winded brother. I am. You are. I am. And so I need to keep I got you a lot. Some. I know you I got, got a lot. lot in my belly. But we can't give them everything, baby. A lot then, in my belly. Then there would be no need for them to buy the book. Okay. Okay? All right. So the GPS of a man's journey, first and foremost, what? give me a brief description of what that what that name means, what that title means, so where this, it comes from. This whole book was definitely birthed out. It, it was given to me by God as, mm -hmm. as a seed. And um, everything from every word in it to the the actual picture on the front, that's mm -hmm. all me. Mm -hmm. This entire book was created from the depths of what God gave me. So yeah. the, the picture, the compass, everything. So the GPS, GPS stands for God's positioning system. Mm -hmm. And 
what it is is God positioning system for a man mm -hmm. where his position is supposed to be versus where a man thinks his position is. Mm -hmm. And what happens is a lot of men don't don't believe that they're that they can be that person. Mm -hmm. A lot of them um, don't think they have what it takes, and a lot of things, a lot of things in this world doesn't reach its full potential because a man is not leading it. Okay, it's what God put in place, mm -hmm. man, woman, and it's not. It's just. It's just the the whole principle and the directive and the positioning and the order of how something's supposed to go. Okay. So that's where GPS came from, God's positioning system for a man. That's why it's the GPS of a man's of a journey. Man's journey. How yeah, you can get how you can get from where you think you're supposed to be to where God says you need to be. Mhm. Mm and that is you're supposed to be a leader. A leader. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm going to stop you right there because, of course, that's, you know, yeah. in, in, in a, a chapter. There's a chapter about that in the book. But in this book, um, it actually, uh, it's you broke the book down into two parts. Right. Okay. And so there are seven chapters in part one. The title of part one um, is Where Am I? And then you... In part two, uh, for the last few chapters in the book, you you titled it "Where I'm, Where Am I Going?" That's from chapters eight through fourteen. Can you just briefly tell me why you decided to to break it up and the effectiveness? Because let me briefly give you. Um, we'll talk about the first one and then we'll go to the second one. Okay. But you broke it up into two parts. What was your reasoning behind that? Because. And and y'all, I I when I wrote this book, it was, it was solely on how a man operates, on how a man is wired. Um, most men, they they need to know the directions, details of where they're going. Mm -hmm. You know, some men they can maneuver in spontaneous stuff, mm -hmm. but most men, if you give them a directions, okay, we need this done by this time and this way. And what usually happened is that they they put a plan, a system together, mm -hmm. a one through ten plan that they can get from point A to point B. Right. So I made the chapters of where I am and where I'm going to significantly talk about that. A man needs to understand where he's at in life. Mm -hmm. So from my years of mentoring men um, and families, I took all that information and bottled it up and did it in a brief summary of of what I've learned through that, mm -hmm. as well as my as own experience. As well as your life experience. Yeah. yeah, because in part one, where I where am I? Um, you have chapters on in the beginning, family, win or lose, compartmentalization, word power, the foundation of a man, mm. and then a man's dream, and then being healed from your past as to signify the, the different parts of I think even, like you said, most significantly about where you were. You know what I'm yeah. saying? In those stages of, I think, trying to feel out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, trying you know, to, get trying to get, get it, who I am. Okay, so in the beginning, you talk about, um, you know, who you who you were as from, from a young well, child. I thought I was. Who you thought you were. 
But your experiences from a young child, you know, a young child growing up, um, and then you went on to talk about family, the family dynamic and everything like that and how you grew up and, you know, and, and yeah. even moving and leading into having a family of your own. So in the beginning, when you can, when you look back and you think about, especially like when you, when you, I'm, I'm going to share a piece of this that I was looking at because I, I went through it just to refresh myself on it. And you say the introduction of it when it says, what is manhood? The mysteries of manhood, not so mysterious from my point of view. Well, I can say that now. I thought I knew what it meant to be a man because I'm a male. But boy, was I wrong. Oh. That's powerful in itself because I thought I knew what it meant to be a man because I'm a male. Expound a little bit on that when because a man is a male, he thinks because I'm a male, I'm a man. Yeah. I, I come, you know, I'm I'm responsible. I'm this, I'm that, just because I'm a male. It's, Talk it's, about that. The responsibility that that has nothing to do with it. We in the beginning, and and let me say this. So what I said before, I'm gonna correct that a little bit. So okay. in the beginning, when I was a baby growing into a child into a young man, mm -hmm. I believe I was connected to what God wanted me to do. Okay. Somewhere down the line with my environment, with my culture, with who I grew up with, with the things I was a part of, mm -hmm. all these things help shape what I thought, help shape what I thought I should be. Okay. Versus what God actually told me I was supposed to be. Okay. So when you're young, you have dreams, you don't have fear, you have unlimited thoughts, dreams, goals. Mm -hmm. And then as you grow older, those things begin to disappear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, quote unquote, the reality of what actually can happen and what can't happen is drilled or trained or somehow put into your mind mm -hmm. to what makes you think. It's certain things that you can't do. Yeah. So I believe when you're younger, the dreaming, the connection, the moving forward with stuff, the ideas, the creativity, the developments, I believe that is strong. Mm -hmm. But then once other things begin to take part in your life, and this is this is not saying life nothing wrong because, yeah, yeah because I, my parents, I had great parents. Mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing wrong with that. But what what happened was it was a, they wanted a certain, wanted, to shape me a certain way so I'll be able to get to a place to where I can live live a, a good life mm -hmm. as a citizen of, mm -hmm. of the America, of the United States. So mm -hmm. that's what they did. But sometimes a young person's dreams and aspirations can get buried so deep down to where you don't even think it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So... To answer your question about man, manhood and male, because you are male, you grow hair on your face, your voice get deep, you get a little biceps, triceps, pecs, um, you can lift a little weight, nah, you got a penis, that don't make you a man. Mm -hmm. And that's what most, most men see in other men. Mm -hmm. Now, all men are not like that. But that's what they see in most men. So, I mean, on TV, 
um, singers, rappers, everybody, they get this persona of what a man's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and young people, young men grab a grab hold of that, and they think that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys, most of these people out there, they're doing things in a fantasy world to make certain things happen in their reality world. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do. But being a man has to do with responsibility. Right. Being a man has to do with building a legacy. Being a man has to do with making great choices to not only change your life, but change the lives of others. Mm-hmm. I'm married and I have daughters. And my my sole mission at one time was to make sure I led you and them girls and put them on the right path. Mm-hmm. At 48 now, and I'll say probably for the last 10 to 15 about 10 to 12 years, well, 10 years, my my purpose has changed. It's not only to lead you and my daughters and my grandkids and anybody else. It's to lead, to be a great leader in any arena that I'm in. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, because we still follow you. Yeah. yeah so to this at, day. This, at this point, because people have to see you be a leader and more, they need to know that you're a leader, period. Mm-hmm. Not a leader just when you're on your job, and yeah. then when you come home, you, you, you know, dumb down to a certain place. You need to be a leader in every area. So yeah. me being a leader is fully through my blood. It's it's who I am. It's ingrained. In yeah, and I'm always a servant wanting to help somebody get to a better place. Yeah. Period. Yeah, because I think it, for me, you see, a, you know, and I'm I'm not gonna say a lot of men, maybe some men. You know, they'll swear on the day they was born that, you know, I can just say it out of my mouth. You know, you're not going to talk to me like that because I'm a man. You know, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a, a man. grown I'm a man. man. That's oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a grown man. Yeah. And if you really want to get technical, some of them put, I'm a grown A-man in yeah. there with it. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there is more to just saying because being a man, and, and I'll take it one further, to be a man of God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It comes with true responsibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To to be able to lead your family and and be, like you said, a leader not only in your house or not only on your job, but just in the be, street. Yeah, just at the grocery store. Are you a leader? You at a leader, the trash period. Can. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. So it's one thing to talk about it or just to say I'm a grown man, but it's another thing to actually walk in that role yeah without this, without having to just say it and, this, and declare it all or say it all over the place yeah and there's nothing no, there are no characteristics of a man and coming that's, out of and that that's person. the part the characteristics the characteristics are the the branches if you if i can say that the branches of the actual tree and the it goes into the root so the root is god that's the foundation and then you grow from God, mm-hmm. with God, as a man, a God, a, a God fearing man, mm-hmm. and you are the tree, and then the branches are the characteristics. So basically, what is planted is what's going to manifest. Yeah. So if and and regardless of what has been planted, it can be replanted. Stuff can be trimmed, cut off. It can be change it can change yeah so if you have a life to where you in one area trees all the time you know they get trimmed stuff that's not supposed to be on it they get cut um dead leaves dead branches whatever the case is and they get it to grow a different way a different shape Mm -hmm. whatever the case is so it can happen but it has to 
be what it is throughout. Yeah. Through throughout. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I'm in front of you or if I'm in front of fifteen hundred people. Yeah. I'm gonna be the same person. Look, y'all, it's it's I'm and me and my wife say this all the time. I don't have the energy to be nobody else be but who I am. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day I had it. I could be a couple of people, but now I ain't got it, y'all. You, it, no I ain't more, got it. No more at all. And, and I just think that's a part of excuse me, that's a part of maturing. Um, earlier when you were talking, you were saying about how different things or different aspects, different event, life events, different situation, um, it makes an impact on who you are as a person. Yeah. And in your chapter, I think it's number two on family, you touch on the importance of a mother and son relationship, a father and son relationship. And I know you pulled a lot of this chapter mainly from your life. Right. Um, on that, you know, I think, you know, what I think, what is the greatest thing that you can learn from that you learn from the relationship with your mom, as well as your dad? Um, Briefly, from my mom. To, I know it's, it was a lot of them because yeah. I know what your relationship is, but at yeah. the top of the of the list would be what she was. My mom was and still is a nurturing woman Mm -hmm. she's she's a servant of god and that's what she did with all of her kids Mm -hmm. she made sure that it was no crack no crevices no leaks no nothing in your life she was there she always was there she'll show up when you don't think she's supposed to be there she just was always there she was a woman that i could have a conversation with about anything now my dad before you move on to him would you say that's where the compassionate part of you come from. That's definitely where the compassion. Because yeah. I didn't have yeah. no brothers. Yeah. I got I got some brothers that I have now, some spiritual brothers, but I didn't have no brothers growing up then. So I had two sisters. So it was certain things that I learned <laughs> that I learned because I was the only male besides my dad. Yeah. And then God saw fit to give me six daughters and no sons. So I didn't get a son till before grandson. Before grandson. So, they, they so gave it back to you. but but I had I had to live that life that I live live to get to this place. My mom, she definitely was that for me. It, it mm-hmm. was being able to have a conversation, and I think that prepared me to have the daughters. Yeah, because if I Most didn't definitely. have the daughters, then I, it just wouldn't have worked out. Now my dad. Okay, yeah, your dad. My dad, and I say this in my my book, my dad is a hundred percent man's man. So he's a man from inside out. He wasn't a he wasn't a communicator when I was in the house. Mm-hmm. He did certain things, certain actions he did that showed me that he loved me, and he would say he loved me at times. But to sit down and have a, just a conversation that never really happened until I got older. So right now, me and my dad can sit down. We can have a conversation about anything. He called me and talked to me. You know, I call him, mm-hmm. talk to him. Um, but he grew up like that because that's... he. I grew up like that because that's how he grew up. So he couldn't give me nothing that he didn't have. Yeah. So he didn't have that. He didn't have that compassion. He didn't have that fatherly love like that. To where they communicated. Um, so once I got to a place in my life where I learned, then I 
I helped him get to that place. That's yeah. where he's at now. Yeah. But the greatest thing, I always say this, a man is so, so important in a family that I learned 90% of my manhood from my dad not talking. I watched what he did. He watched what he did. Yeah. His integrity yeah, yeah, yeah. was impeccable. He made sure he took care of his family no matter what. He he made sure we went on vacations no matter what. We got fed. If my mom um, was hurt or not feeling good or whatever the case is, he would be there. He would change his schedule up, and he would be there when he was supposed to be at work. So I just saw it, and he came home every night. Even sometimes when I knew him and my mom was beefing or whatever, he still came home. Yeah, He didn't spend the night out. They didn't do that. Yeah. So it's just a lot of stuff that I learned from him just by him living his life. Yeah. Just like you said, with the characteristics uh-huh. of what a man is. Uh-huh. He didn't have to walk around and say he was a man. Yeah. I knew he was. Yeah. Everybody knew he was. His posture, his persona, the way he talked, his integrity, everything said he was a man. Now, where he's at now, I know the first emotion that I probably almost got punched at is when I gave him a kiss mm-hmm. and he drew back his fist because he was about to hit me. So he was like, boy, boy, what are you doing? And I said, dad, I just wanted to show you. It's okay to show affection. Love. Yeah, show you, love. You're my dad. Yeah. So I wanted to hug and give you a kiss on your cheek. That's it. So yeah. and it went from him. It. Yeah. It went from him punching, wanting to punch me in the beginning, the way he'll walk up to me like in the middle of anywhere and grab my head and kiss me on my forehead. And I promise you y'all every single time he do that, it almost bring me to tears. Cause that's, although I'm a grown man now, that's still nurturing the little boy in me. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mo. It's still nurturing. So even though he don't know, he's still, he's still my daddy. Yeah. Yep. So when he do stuff like yeah. that, man, it means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. Mm-mm. You will not be me tonight. Yeah. You yeah. will not be me tonight. That's, just, that is not what it is. That's parents, not what it is my tonight. Parents, man. I, I just really. I <laughs> the just older really, you get, you just appreciate them even the yeah. more. Yeah. Because what I didn't know then, I know now. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yeah, Mo. No. It's just amazing. Yeah, we're not doing that tonight. All right, I'm good. <laughs> All right, I'm just off. playing. I'm shaking you, it off. I'm you, shaking no, it off. I'm just playing. You just, but like I said, the the more life experience you, the more life you live, you really appreciate. Yeah. like everything, even the more, especially and, after this year. And what I tell, and what I tell men, one of the main things I tell men when I mentor, when we counsel, is ninety five percent of a man. Being there, not knowing what to say, not knowing the right thing to say, yeah. not being able to help sometimes, not knowing the answer to everything, but you being there, what you being it there. protects your family from a, a, over 100% of stuff. Certain things will not come in. Certain things will not try. Certain yeah. things will not come after your kids. Certain yeah. things, but when you're not there, you leave the gate wide open. Yeah. So when you leave the gate wide open, stuff come in, and then you have your kids going different directions. Yeah. So it's important for a man to be there. Not important for you to know everything. Not important, but just be there. You married your wife. You had kids. Be there. Not know everything, but be there. 
Amen. All right, I'm going to jump now. All right. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. I'm telling y'all, this book is good. It's good. It's good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm his wife. Okay. Okay. So listen, I'm going to jump over um, because we're still in the first part. And I think I'm going to make this the last part of the first part that I give them. Okay. Because um, I, I don't want to give them everything, baby. I got you. can't you. give them everything. I got you. Okay, so this is like um, one of my most favoritist. Is that a word, favoritist? Favoritist? Yes, it could be tonight. It's gonna be, this is what it is tonight. Um, and chapter in the book that really opened my eyes to a lot of things when it came to you and how me understanding how men think um, or how you think and how different things happen in the brain and all that stuff or whatever. And when you told me about, when you wrote this chapter and you were telling me about this, it completely, cause I think y'all went through some of this stuff in, in, in school. Yeah. Um, when you were in, in college and, and you told, you told me about this and it literally like blew my mind. And so it is the chapter on compartmentalization. I knew that was Don't that. give them everything Mo, cause they got to buy the book. Yeah. Tell me, just just give me a taste oh, of man. what, because this chapter right here, y'all, I'm telling y'all, if you think you're going through stuff with your man and you can't understand how that brain is working and stuff and y'all having issues and you trying to understand what's going on, y'all, I'm telling you, this hmm. changed the game for me. So, so, so share it with me, honey, husband. Lord, what's in the world? You can I read just a, a little piece from the top? Absolutely, I think this is one of the the heaviest. This is one of the heaviest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, the medias chapters. It says compartmentalizing basically means to separate something, a situation, a life event, a person from everything else that's going on in your life and put it away. It's a tool in life we all use at some point. Going through and dealing with different situations in life teaches us to separate things and to deal with them differently. With the ultimate goal being to protect ourselves from the things that are painful or that don't make us feel good. Mm. When we compartmentalize, we separate ourselves from the issue, lock the issue into a room or a compartment so we can continue to function and manage our daily lives. Mo, just give me give me a little bit more of this meat off of compartmentalization. Man. That that this this was so eye opening to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's amazing. So what I looked at was with me, you know, we had some challenges in our relationship. Right. But at any time I never can comprehend me not being with you or my kids regardless of what i entertained i could not comprehend not being with you or the girls mm-hmm. so i say that to say this i didn't know how to fix some of the stuff i didn't know what to do mm-hmm. you know i i just stayed mm-hmm. and some things worked itself out. Other things we had to talk about mm-hmm. and we had to put forth action to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. But that was a joint effort between me and you. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of men do, and I say people, but what a lot of men do, be, when stuff get, you got men who can walk out, walk out of their family, walk away from their wife and their kids and start a whole new life with another man 
with another woman mm-hmm. and have kids and live a a perfect quote unquote perfect life. And the ex wife always wondered why he couldn't do that here. Mm-hmm. What a man does is because he feel like he's made mistakes, he can't get it right. His wife always complaining. She doing this. His perception is one way of this. He tends to want to have a do over. Mm-hmm. So he leaves that situation, starts a new situation. By learning from this situation, he know how to work this situation different. That's why this situation seems like it's a better situation mm-hmm. from the ex-wife or husband perception. Mm-hmm. So what a man usually does is when situations happen, man, we have, and I'm going to say a lot of men probably wouldn't want to say this, but I'm going to say this. When situations happen with me, it was easy for me to put it in a room, shut the door, and lock it. And he's and not walk talking off. about it. Make sure you explain that you're not talking about a physical room. No, like a, a physical room. A, I'm a, just saying in, in your mind. Some, uh, you take mind. a whole situation that, that might have uprooted your marriage. If you get caught cheating and you get caught, that burden is lifted off you and... Regardless if you believe it or not, once once you want to come clean, the burden is lifted off you and it automatically lands on your wife. So she's going through something now, but you feel better and you treat the situation like it's better. So that whole situation now you got in a room and you respond to it to say, why are you still talking about that? We, we supposed to be over that. We... Talked about it. We going to counseling. What's the problem? It's been three years. It's been five years. It's been six years, eight years, whatever the case is. And you don't give that person time to get healing, understanding, whatever it is. But because you got it off you, and I'm going to be realistic. Sometimes it ain't the five or six years. Sometimes it's a week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. And a month go by and we had some great times. Why you keep bringing that up? You keep killing the mood. You keep messing up. Let's move forward. You want the person to forget because you got it off you and you don't put it in the room and locked it up. So you don't even try to go to the room. This is what I say. One of the things that I say in my book is men, we tend to go in a room, put a situation in the room. We shut it. We lock the door and we walk away. If you don't know about it, you never try to go in that door. You might ask what's in that door. Because certain flags, red flags come up, but you never ask to go in the door. Most women, they'll put something in the room, but they shut the door and it's a crack in it. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you get an opportunity, you go open this door up, let the let it out. We're going to talk about this, what happened in 1972. So do you think it's more so men that compartmentalize versus women? I think I think now in, in 2020, mm-hmm. I think women know how to compartmentalize too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe men compartmentalize for different reasons. Men compartmentalize for different reasons, which is in another chapter in my book because of the win lose method. Mm-hmm. So the win lose theory is when you continue to make decisions and they continue to not be good decisions. They continue to not be good decisions. And on the other end, you got somebody telling you 
that it's not a good decision. You messing up. You sorry. You need to be more like so-and-so. You need mm-hmm. to be like this, like that. Mm-hmm. They'll tend to, okay, I'm finna lock this whole part of my life in a room and mm-hmm. shut the door. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna go over here and start over. And how you're tying that into, and we're not going to go into that because I said we ain't giving them all you're right. of it. You're the right. Com- what, but how you tie it in is you say compartmentalization is most likely the result of the losses we have experienced in our lives. And we don't want to think about it anymore. We don't want to deal with it or anymore. we tired. Right. Or tired of dealing, dealing with it. So you put it in that space. So where you lock it away. And you want to do over. And you want, yeah, and you want to do over. You don't want to deal with that, but you want to, you know, try to put something on top of it or, yeah. you know, put something happy in that space instead of just deal, dealing with it and not setting it aside. Yeah, you can't you can't build a house on shadow land. You just can't. Yeah. You can't build a house on soft land, on marsh land, on wetlands. You just can't. Yeah. No matter how big and beautiful the house is, you just can't do it. Some things in your life... You honestly can push to the side and it'll never bother you again. Other things is a part of building your character. It's a part of building who you are that you have to go through it. You have to understand. You have to move forward. Because if it come back at you, how can you defend something if you don't know what it is, what it looks like, how to defend it, how to equip yourself? How can you do it? Yeah. How can you do it if you're not equipped to handle it if it come at you again? Because it's coming back. Yeah. Yeah, also in this chapter, babe, you talk about um, a man's dream. And like you said at the beginning, I think you, when you, we started the interview out, yeah. you were talking about a man dreaming. You having you dreaming and having these aspirations and stuff like that. And they or get watered down and by then, culture, yeah, life, your environment, yeah, people. Yeah. And yeah. like you always make fun and say, you know, you wanted to be a chef at one point, but you had to get out and get a job because uh, yeah. you got bills and babies that came along absolutely. the way. Yeah, absolutely. And so... That was the part of of one that I wanted to pull out. Y'all, we could talk about all of these, but like I said, we can't. And really, in one way or the other, you've touched on these just in the summation of, you know, answering other questions and stuff like that. So we're really not missing it, but I'm trying to make him miss it, y'all. So um, we won't give y'all all all the good stuff, and y'all go get, um, go buy the book. Okay, so in, in, in part two, which I gave earlier, it says, where am I going? Um manhood, your lifestyle, your journey, uh, stepping into yourself, being who you're called to be. Chapter 10, the importance of being equipped, getting past the fear. Chapter 12, the power of words, the bricks and the stones. Chapter 13, love and marriage. Chapter 14, family and the other L word. And we'll save that until the last bit of goings on to talk about that. But in this, in this part two, um, because this whole book is really about a, a man's journey. That's the name of the book. Yeah. That's what you named it and the different things that you go through. I, if I can be completely honest, this book actually helped me to understand you even the more. Yeah. Um, uh, you started it off, um, you know, you started off working with Ty and, and, and started the book. But absolutely. Shout out yeah. to Taisha Lemon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. She is, Thanks, she, Ty. She helped me. Yeah. She helped pull this stuff out, man. Yeah. And, and, and we give a lot of honor. Yeah. And thanks to, to her. her. Yeah, absolutely. And what we were able, what I was able to do, and I'm glad that I was, was step in at the end and to help kind of finish putting it all together and going through it and everything. And so I'm glad that I was able to do that. And I'm going to touch on that, why that had to happen like that. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you says, you say stepping into yourself, 
being called, being who you're called to be. In in the beginning, what you said was that, you know, every man is called to be a leader in every, every area, every aspect of his life. Um, but I just want to get personal for a minute because who do you feel that God has called you to be, Johnny? Oh, if I, 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 I'm gonna be honest. Every, every, every morning, one of my prayers is God continue to introduce me to the you, you created me to be. Yeah. Because I believe, like I said, when I was younger, I believe I had dreams and aspirations of what I thought Mm -hmm. of different things. And it was just a, a variety of different things that I saw that I had no fear that I can do. And then mm-hmm. my life, my world, my culture, the environment kind of helped shape some things. And it, it put boundaries on some things. So some of the things I might have thought I can do at one time, it wasn't really a reality in my world mm-hmm. that I was a part of. So, um, and, and when I say that, that's to say nothing bad about my parents, about my family, right. about my friends or right. nothing. It's just a part of life. It's mm-hmm. just a part of growing up and a part of life. So once I started to understand who I was and who God created me to be and my purpose, mm-hmm. I began to branch out a little bit more. And one of the things, another prayer that I pray is God help me not to be afraid of success. That's Being big. successful comes with benefits, but that's all most people look at. They want the benefits. Mm-hmm. But being successful comes with responsibility. responsibility. The Bible says, who Tell much is given, given, much is required. That means the more successful you are, the more responsibilities you have. And benefits, yeah. I say benefits is what we call it, but it's the favor of God that's on your life that's connected to the more. Yeah. So you give more, more responsibility and the favor. You you don't fight to get into places. You don't fight to get stuff. You don't fight to do this. People offer you stuff. They give you stuff. That's where the favor comes in at. But the success, people are scared of the success and I was at one time mm-hmm. I was fearful of the success because what if I can't what if it doesn't make enough money to take care of my family what if what if it gets me to a place to where it pulls me out and I can't be with my family what if they just want me and they don't want my wife what if they won't they don't want my family to be a part of it what if you know it well, takes we me a package deal so when they get you yeah. I'm there regardless well that's that's where I'm we right at here. now yeah. yeah I'm just playing but yeah. at the end of the day at the end of the day I still, I know a a fourth of who God said I am. I know I'm a servant of him. I know I am a leader in every area of my life, no matter what it is. I'm I'm always filled with some kind of word from God to give to somebody. Mm -hmm. So right now, if I had to say. An amazing husband, an amazing father. Yeah, but right now. Amazing Bubba. (laughs) That's my granddaddy name. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I would say. I would say a a disciple of God. That's who I am. So regardless of right now, I believe the the platform he has us on is marriage and family. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to marriages and family, that's our heart. That's where we thrive at. That's the 
thing we can do without effort. Yeah. That's the thing we can do and we don't call it work. But can I say this to you as your wife that I know that there's even more? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I'm not 100. Yeah. If you ask me who did God tell me I am, I'm his. That's all I got. Yeah. I'm his. Yeah. And whatever he say I do, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. How do you get equipped as a man? Huh. That's one of the chapters. I'm telling y'all, I'm, I promise y'all, and I keep saying this, but he keep giving it up, and I keep asking him. But one of the chapters just says the importance of being equipped. Tie that into one of the other chapters, and then we're going to do that last one, and then we're going to leave it alone. But the importance of being equipped, that happens by using, by a culmination of things. But what's also included in that is using your words. Yeah. How does how 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 do you get equipped? Being teachable. Yeah. What I've learned in being a man, even for myself, mm -hmm. being teachable is not a real reality for a man. Mm -hmm. because being teachable, we see as you telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm a man, a grown man, mm -hmm. and I already know. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you don't, you're not being teachable. You're not willing to hush and learn something from another man who knows more than you. Mm -hmm. From another woman who knows more than you. From somebody who knows more than you. From somebody that you don't know what they know, but you just listen and be teachable. I've gotten where I am now and how I get equipped is that I'm teachable. Mm -hmm. Although I'm a leader in a lot of arenas, I can walk up to somebody and ask them a question and sit my tail down and listen to the answer. Yeah. I'll take notes. <laughs> I, I listen to books on a daily basis. On my way to work, I listen to a book. Every day. Right now, I'm listening to The Big Leap. So, I'm listening to that. I'm taking notes. I'm listening to it coming home. I'm taking notes. When I'm in the bathroom, I'm listening to that. That's when I'm taking notes. And wherever I'm at, I'm always trying to stimulate my mind to learn something more about myself, about something, about people, about whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Not saying that everything is right, but I'm in a place in my life now I can distinguish between what's right and what's wrong, what's for me and what's not for me. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. To get equipped, I do more I am I do more listening than I do talking. That's good. But I also know that you you equip yourself and when you find out good information, whether it's from church, whether it's from a book you're reading, whether it's from Whatever, whatever that source is, you almost always share it with me. Yeah. And so even so much so that I laugh when I start doing it, when somebody says something to me or mentions something that I don't know anything about because I'm quick to go look it up because you've always said it and you've said it so much. Like if you don't know, that's not an, an excuse for not finding out. Yeah. And you have to, you have to, you know, equip yourself just to be able to function, really, yeah. in this world. Not that you'll know everything, but if you're ever tasked with the challenge of um, being introduced something that you don't know anything about, Google it. 
you know, ask somebody. From a reputable, Answer, at, yeah, from a reputable source, of course. Yeah, just but, go on we, yeah. we, Don't go on, yeah. uh, what's that thing called? Wikipedia. Cause, yeah. Because people put I'll that. go on there and change that. Right. Don't, don't Anybody do that. can can mess with that. <laughs> but you have to go to a right. reputable yeah. website. Reputable um, website, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, you know, like I said, the, the, you say success in, in the chapter, the importance of being equipped. Successors must be trained and groomed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I think that's the part where you say you you listen more than you talk. Yeah. And in and this yeah. season of my life, yeah. I find myself in rooms that and this is I know this might seem like a cliche, but I find myself in rooms, situations, um, offices that I'm not trained, equipped. Nothing for, but I'm in there. Yeah, because of the favor. And when I get in there, yeah, every single time, if I'm not taking notes, I'm recording on this thing right here. And that's everywhere we go. Even when I don't think you are, I'll be like, babe, you you taking notes? You want me to write some stuff down? You'd be like, no, I'm getting it on here. I'm recording. One of the greatest things, my apostle, when he teaches... He teaches leadership. He teaches all kind of stuff, the word of God. But when we have, when he have leadership classes, when he's teaching about emotional intelligence and all these great, great things, I always record him. You do. I'm sitting there trying to write. like I a, always record him. Like a crazy person. Right. Anybody that I get in a room with that is full of knowledge and wisdom, I'm recording them. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm telling them that I'm going to record them because there's no way I want to have my first serving and I want to pay attention because if you're writing, a lot of times you can't catch everything Mm -hmm. and you'll miss something. Mm -hmm. So I want to record it, but I want to get my first serving and then I'm greedy. So I want to go back for seconds, thirds and fourths. So when I got that on here, I can do that. And I have no when I tell y'all I record everything that I'm telling you when my baby leap. If I'm in a room, I'm I'm getting the information. Yeah. 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 All right, Moby. We done talked about, about the whole thing. I know. I'm going I'm gonna skip these next cha- chapters and I'm gonna go to the end. Because y- y'all better buy my husband book. I know we done gave away a lot of good stuff, but I just needed I needed y'all to get a sneak peek on what I get to experience on a regular. What this book is has basically walked you through walked the reader through where it kind of started where it started for you yeah up until where you were a few years ago because since you've written this this book you've grown even more yeah and so expect another one to come out too absolutely um uh because there is more but like i said the experience for me of getting to see this unfold the you that you are now and i tell people all the time like we met at 14 yeah. We're 48 years old. 48, Jesus. So I'm I have watched this whole transition happen. You watched me try to be a thug. No. I watched you try to be a thug. Y'all, he ain't got a, a piece of gangster, thug bone on his body. Not a piece. I watched him to try to come home and tell me one day that he was gonna start smoking cigars. And um this was earlier in our marriage, and if I was alright with that, I will never be alright with you. Smoking a cigar because for one, my nose could not take it. My body couldn't take that smell. She and said I it was straight. Yeah, I quickly denounced that because that was not what the Lord was saying in that hour. 
in no none because of the Because you said it, I that was one reason that I didn't. But the other reason that I didn't was when I smoked it, I was all right with that. But they left a, a funky smell on my fingers. Bro. And I'm a dude that's always doing this. Thank And I'm doing Lord this. For the funky I'm doing fingers. this. And I was like, where is that smell coming from? Yeah, that stank cigar. Yeah. It was, it was cigar. it was tough on me. So I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm actually the um the L word. Family and the other L word. You wanna tell them what the other L word is, nope. Mo? You don't? Nope. Okay, well we ain't gonna tell y'all what the other L word is. Yeah, you got to buy the book. Y'all got to buy the book. But I, but I, I, I do want to share in this. In the summation, share what, what you were what, what you were getting ready So to. I do want to share this. So in this entire process, one of the things that I learned that God showed not only me, but my wife as well, is that when we were going through the process of writing the entire book, um, the only person that was helping me was the young lady I told you before, Taisha Lemon. So we would get together and we would brainstorm and and get in the think tanks, and we would get stuff out. She would pull stuff out. She would ask questions. She would give me scenarios, and we would pull stuff out, and we would get it in the book and everything. And then it came to the time where it was about the end of the manuscript that me and her schedule just wasn't clicking. Um, She wanted to meet. I couldn't. I had something else I was doing. Um, I wanted to meet. She couldn't. She had something else she was doing. And it it was a pause in writing the book. So I I told my wife, she asked me several times. She said, babe, let me help you finish the book. I want to help you finish the book. And I told her, you can't because I'm a different dude when I'm writing a book. When I'm in this entrepreneur thing, you can't be with me because I'm. And then she finally said, Joker, I've been with you since I've been 14. I think I can handle you. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, then. You coming for it now when I lay this axe down. I don't want you to say nothing. I'm coming with it when you got to do what I tell you. But we went away. We went to Florida, South Carolina. We went to South Carolina. We got a hotel room for a weekend. We got in the room. We locked ourselves in there. And 13 to 14 hours later, the book was finished. And a couple of days after that, what God revealed to me was it was a time... (laughs) It was a time for the intercourse part for the seed to be sold. It was a time for the seed to grow. And then it was a time for the seed to be birthed. So the time, the intercourse, and this is not for real, Physical. but I'm giving you. Because yeah. he the, wouldn't be here. Yeah. So <laughs> the intercourse, the, the getting. The seed was sown. The seed was mm-hmm. sown through. You know, me and Taisha getting everything out. She was pulling stuff out. We were putting it together. We was getting everything together. It began to slow down because now we were in the nine month stage. Yeah, and the seed was, was sold. Still happening to you. Life was still yeah. happening. Yeah. The seed was sold, and then it had to grow, nurture. Then when it was time to birth, only certain people. Now you know when you have a, a physical baby, everybody can't be. In the, in the in birthing the, room. And although Taisha is a different ours and she helped us and we love her for it, which we still got to make sure we take care of her, but she couldn't be in the birthing room. So the only way the book can get finished was if I took the person who was supposed to be in the birthing room for it to happen. Once the right person was in there, 13, 12, 13 hours later, the baby was born. 
which is the book. What it showed me was everybody, no matter what you think, everybody can't be in every step of the process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're not successful or you don't finish something because you're not obedient to what God's saying. You're being loyal to people and you're not being loyal or obedient to God. And God put me in a situation to where I said, let's do it. And then the process happened. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're doing that you've been sitting on for a long time, ask God who's supposed to be in the birthing room. Yeah. Because everybody's not supposed to be there. Because it's sterile. And I think the one thing that I remember the most is that a couple of weeks before we did that getaway to, to South Carolina, um, I was talking to my first lady and she said, Deidre, because I had started uh, Pop Goes the Cake and, you know, that was getting up and running right. and going and stuff like that. And um, just talking to her one day, um, she said, I know, you know, you're doing things with, you, you know, you're getting the, the business up and running and stuff like that or whatever. She said, but um, just set aside some time and, and take some time and and help Johnny birth this baby. And I'll never forget those words. I'll never forget those words. And so we scheduled the getaway. Um, I, you know, scheduled it. And I had a function at church that weekend. But that Saturday after the function, yeah. we left and we went to the room. And we literally ordered, went straight to the room, um, ordered some pizza. The pizza was delivered. And we ate pizza and worked on the book. And there, But the thing about it is, and that is so powerful because... Any other time that we were at the apartment trying to work on it stuff, it wouldn't work. And proofread it and edit it and go through. It was like it was so hard. It was extremely hard, and you get frustrated, and then I get frustrated, and we put it to the side. Yeah. But as soon as we changed, the atmosphere changed. You know, we went to the island. We were on the island. It, it, the 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 atmosphere was different. Yeah. It, it truly was different. And it, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking back to that moment. But the atmosphere was different. And it was like God was breathing on it even the yeah. more at that moment. And when we were, I remember like reading certain parts of the book, y'all. And we had we had already told the girls, we're not going to answer the phones. We, you know, we won't be available. We're going to shut ourselves down. We're not answering the phone unless it's an, it's an emergency. Right. And I remember because what I did was actually, we were going through it chapter by chapter and reading over it to make sure that it made sense, to make sure that it was authentically what you wanted it to say yeah. and be. And as I was reading some of this stuff, I was like literally looking at the pages like, who is this person? Who is, is this? <laughs> I'm for real, I was having an out-of-body experience because I was like, Lord, who who is I married to? Because you know how you feel like when you're, when your kids are younger and you see them as babies and now you see them as full grown men or women and you see them operating, especially if they have a spouse now yeah, yeah. and they have a family and you see them taking care of their kids and you see all this thing, it, it just blesses your heart. Yeah. Because, you know, but for me, that was a time when I was like, my God, like to know you from basically a child, yeah. um, a teenager to now I've had a first, a, a front row seat. Into the events that have happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, the yeah. indifferent, and watch you grow through that. Watch God grace you, you know, watch you, your relationship with God become even more intimate, you know, to watch you worship, to watch you like, the, you know, like yeah. 
it's it's just a lot, y'all, and we could go on and on, but I want y'all, if y'all don't never do another thing, y'all know how y'all be like, Lord, if you don't never do another thing for me, well, and all actually, you know, you want want them to, but this is all I really want for Christmas. I want y'all to go to our website, and it, um, it this book is now on our website. It is actually also on Amazon as well. Um, where you get through it, you can go to the website or you can go straight to Amazon. It's called the GPS of a man's journey by Johnny Mobley Jr. I took out, you know, the, the middle name cause he said I was giving too much of his information away, but this is it y'all. This is the book and it is basically saying that every man has a journey Every man's journey is not specifically, and it's not going to go exactly how his did. Um, but guess what? You, he will, you even will women leave with a bet. I think a better understanding of just the, the journey that a man does go on to get to, to that yeah. point to where he feels like, wow, you know, I may not know all that God has from my life, but I feel like I'm, I am victorious and I am, you know, because of course he has a chapter in here called the power of words and, and where he talks about how powerful words are and they really are. And it's, it's important what you speak into the atmosphere and just all that. So I, as his wife, want y'all to do me a favor, go to um, moments with the and purchase this book and add it to your library, read it. Like I said, women, you can read it too. You can purchase it for your man or you can read it just to get a glimpse into um, some of the things that a man goes through and some of the patterns that will help you, especially if you're a woman who has been with a man from as early as I've been with him and can glean on that. Or maybe y'all are in the earlier stages of your marriage or better yet, maybe even the later stages of your marriage and know that your man went through these things and maybe you can understand how to help him get through it. Yeah. Or I don't, whatever, you know? I don't think... I don't think it's nothing if you're married, if you're not married, yeah. if you're a teenager, if you're dating, if you've been living together for a long time and not married, if you've been married, um, if you're having pro Any man and woman can get this book, and it will give you some type of clarity. Yeah. This was, this, this is, this was written from the essence and the fabrics of my heart and God's heart. Yeah. So what I went through, I exposed a lot of stuff and then most of it it was me it was experiences that i got from other situations but no names and nobody in there but it was mostly 98 percent of it is from my your life. life and your experiences and that was that's what i think that's what makes it so endearing you know what i'm saying you're yeah. not telling anybody else's story but it's mainly you know like you said a couple things from stuff that you've dealt with with people that you've helped but the majority is of what your journey is yeah. or what your journey has been. And I'm glad about it, y'all, because I have been here for the journey. Some of the journey, I wanted to throw it in the trash can and put a match to it. But from However, day one, what you said when you looked at me? You was fine. I'm talking about the other thing. That you was mine? No. What other thing? He got potential. <laughs> Bye, y'all. We about to go. She told my mama. She told my mama told me I was a whole. His mama told me I was a whole fool for marrying him without a job. But I had to correct that he did have a job. I told him to quit his job and come and move to Hilton Head with me and the girls because we had gotten our own 
on place. Because I had potential. He had, he did. He had potential, now, y'all. She taught her daughters don't marry don't potential. Marry potential. But I did. She I had did. the favor of the Lord with her. Say, don't do what I do, do what I say. Um, so babe, thank you for talking to me tonight. I just like I said, this just makes me have a even a greater, a deeper love, honor, respect for you and Babe, you, I know we got one that we got to put out together, yeah. but you got another one in you. I do. Yeah. And you got one in you, Well, too. bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within my and soul. And we will keep it moving. You, we are, we are, we, because we, we are, we are servants. Yeah. We're servant leaders, and we want to be, uh, be God's hand and feet in the earth. And we want to And help. we want to, you know, him to get all the glory out of everything that we do. And so we gonna do it, scared and all, not knowing and all, whatever and all. Yeah. And so Mo, y'all go get my man book. My name is Deidre, Mrs. I'm Mrs. Johnny Charles Mobley Jr. And I approve this book and this message. So go get my man's book now. If y'all have any trouble finding it, hit me up in the DM. I got some upstairs. I got a few copies upstairs still. And, and I can actually get it autographed, and I mail it out to you. How yeah, about that? I autograph. So if you want an autograph copy. You know, hit the, hit the DM, hit the email, uh, momentswiththemobiles at gmail.com, or send us a Facebook messenger, Instagram message, and we'll get an autographed um, copy out to you. Um, Don't put your address in the DM. Well, they can do it in the DM. The right? DM, yeah. Nobody Don't put it that. on Instagram or, or nothing right, like that. Right, just reach out send to Send us an email. In the or, private, yeah. privacy, so your, your information won't be all yeah. over it. Um, and so we're just excited about it. All the information is on the e- is in the at the website moments with the mobiles at uh, moments with the mobiles.com, not the email again. And or you can go straight to Amazon and get it. Or again, hit me up and we can get you. I'll get him to autograph it um, for you and and we'll ship we'll we'll mail it out to you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We thank y'all so much, baby. We got to Babe, go. I appreciate you. You're welcome. I know you was gonna get emotional. That's my first baby. You know, my dad. My know, parents are my yeah. uh, a great part of my yeah. heart. But my dad, yeah, he is a a staple in my life. He, Amen. He means a whole lot to me and what a man he is, man. And I, I just, I just thank God for him. And we're gonna close it out, but I'm gonna say, quickly, and my mom, yeah, and you, and you, Jerry, Jerry. Um, when, when, when he, um, we ordered the books and they came and in the box got there before he came home and I knew it would be a special moment. And, um, so I set him up y'all. I, he sat down in the chair and I said, baby, I got something to show you. And I opened the box and pulled it out of the box. He was sitting in the chair and I put it in his hand and he just looked at it and he, he cried a little bit. I got, I still got that video on my phone, but I'm not going to show it to y'all. I'm not going to show it to y'all because I, don't that was a personal moment, but I I just shared it with y'all. But it really, really was. Yeah. Because it's it just like you moment. say, it's like a woman birthing, you know, physically going through the birthing process yeah. and having the baby. And me putting this in your hand was just like the doctor putting my baby, physical baby, in my hand. Yeah. Um so I love you, Mo. Love you too, baby. I appreciate you. Okay, we got to go. Tell the good people we Take us out, Mo. This has been Pillow Talk, Moments with the Mobiles. I am your man, Johnny Mobley Jr. And I'm still his doggone wife, Deidre Mobley. And we something like an ordinary couple. With extraordinary purpose. Peace out, y'all. Night-night.